0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. With pro football, college football, and MLB playoffs in full swing, and both hockey and basketball right around the corner, now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie.ag. And if you join now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR. That's C-H-A-I-R to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash right now. What are you waiting for? Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
1: Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neal the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Ow! he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Oh, assist double- oh, oh a the block. chicken! Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA friend ladies and gentlemen welcome to born ready to pod podcast
0: welcome to episode 63 of the born ready to pod podcast i'm your host chris cook and with me here today my loyal sidekick, partner in crime, Eric Hawk. Hawk, how's it going?
1: It's going good. I uh, just got three new cats somehow. So I'm uh, in the early stages of being a cat daddy. So,
0: yeah, three cats. And tell the uh, listeners what you name those cats.
1: So I got Domantis, who is clearly the alpha. He's the one that's the least dependent on me first time I saw these kittens in my yard, he was not scared of me whatsoever. The other two cowered in fear. And uh, so, yeah, I just found them in my yard. I heard them crying all night the next night, saw them chilling by the road. I haven't seen their mother anywhere in sight, so, I, you know, I'm their adopted dad. I got the formula going, and if anybody needs a cat, let me know. I got three kittens. Pete my Instagram story uh, if you're interested, but other than that. It's been a great week for Colts fans, and it's just a good week in general, I guess. I got, I got new life in me. That's right. So
0: we'll get more to that win here at the end of the show. Uh, but here to start things off like we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, we got some more division previews for you today. Second to last preview here, uh, we have the Pacific Division in the Western Conference. A lot of talent in that division, and then next week we'll, we'll be wrapping that up. Uh, with the Southeast Division, and that will lead into our NBA preview show, which is going to be a hell of a spectacle, predictions. So if you want to know how the NBA season is going to shake out, who's going to win what awards, make sure that you are listening at the end of next week because we are going to predict everything across the board for you. So starting off here in the Pacific Division, and I'll go ahead and start things off, uh, with the Golden State Warriors last season, the Warriors were 57-25, and which was good enough to be number one seed in the Western Conference. Uh, in the first round of the playoffs last year, they defeated the Clippers in six games. Uh, advancing to the second round, they beat the Houston Rockets in six games. The Houston Rockets currently in that entire debacle with, the, uh, with China right now, which we may get into a little bit later. Uh, but... That's neither here nor there. Uh, they advanced to the conference finals then and swept the Portland Trail Blazers 4 to uh, nothing. Not much of a series there. And then in the NBA finals, they uh, just completely fell flat with injuries and lost in six games to the Toronto Raptors. Notable additions for the Warriors this offseason, they added D'Angelo Russell uh, in a sign-and-trade deal with the Brooklyn Nets. Omari Spellman. Willie Colley Stein, Alec Burks, and former pacer Glenn Robinson III. Uh, draft picks they took Jordan Poole with a 28th overall pick, Alan Smelagic with the 39th pick, and Eric Pas- Paschow, Pascal Paschow with a 41st pick overall. Notable departing players here, and we got a, quite a list here for the Warriors, most notably losing Kevin Durant to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and also DeMarcus Cousins who signed with the Lakers and also Cousins ended up, I uh, believe he had another ACL tear or something like that during the off season. Plus he's got these uh, domestic violations or something like that. So things aren't going well for DeMarcus uh, Demarcus Cousins at this time. Uh, and then they added, or the, excuse me, they also lost Quinn Cook, Jordan Bell, a uh, longtime veteran, Andre Iguodala, and Sean Livingston. Livingston retired. As well as Andrew Bogut, uh, their over/under for this season is projected at 48.5. Projected starters for the Warriors: Steph Curry uh, leading the charge once again, once again at the point guard position, uh, with Clay Thompson being out of the lineup for presumably most of the season. D'Angelo Russell is expected to get the start. Uh, it is projected that Glenn Robinson III probably will be starting at the three spot. Maybe it's for someone else, but I'm not sure about that. Uh, they also have Draymond Green and Willie Colley signed to wrap things up. Potential bench, bench players for them, uh, Alec Burks, Alfonso McKinney, Kevon Looney, Omari Spellman, and uh, they're head coached by Steve Kerr. So what are your thoughts this season on the Warriors?
1: Yeah, first off, did you see that uh, that video of Draymond Green freaking out that he's listed at six five?
0: Yes, I did see that. I just watched that a couple hours that's ago.
1: Pretty funny. So this guy's basically my hype out there, and he's still been productive nonetheless. But I think they're going to be fine. Obviously, they're not going to be the title favorites. They probably won't win the West at the end of the day. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say, but... You know, I think Russell's a good, you know, gap piece until Klay Thompson gets back, and then you know, a lot of people speculate they're going to trade him, and maybe get some more, you know, depth or bench or maybe even another starter starting Gr three. That's never seems like a great idea, just from what we've seen out of him. Other than that, it's I think this is uh, Steph Curry's last run at MVP. Maybe these next two or three years, but he's going to be asked to do a lot, especially to start the year and. You know, they're going to win games because he's that good. I just don't think they're legit contenders right now, currently crafted. But they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to play the same style of basketball. And, you know, Draymond Green could wind up with the defensive player of the year. You never know. And Steph Curry could be the MVP and they could be the two seed coming playoffs. You just never really know. But I'd look for a grass in that over under of 48.5. I'd probably lean the under, but what are your thoughts?
0: I'm gonna cop out here, and I'm gonna say with the over/under, I'm gonna say 49 wins. So a slight cop out there. Yeah, I'm going over, but slight over. I'm gonna say exactly 49 wins sounds fair.
1: Yeah, definitely. Any other thoughts on when uh, Clay is supposed to come back? He's gonna miss the whole year, right? Or do you think he'll he'll be right back for the playoffs? Because we can look up him. This team could be someone no one wants to play if he comes back.
0: Yeah, I, um, I imagine that if he does come back, it'll probably be more towards, you know, early March, end of March. Maybe he can get a couple weeks in before the playoffs. Maybe he's not trying to rush back, and he's content with just missing the whole season and coming back a year, next year. So, it depends on how much they're trying to rush him back. I mean, this team has won three titles. It's not like they're, you know... Obviously, they're playing in a new arena this year. Uh, I mean, ticket prices are still going to be out the roof. They still have Steph Curry, so they're not going to have a tr- problem selling tickets. Uh, and I'm not saying that they're not motivated to win, but when you've won three titles recently, um, I mean, it just makes things like you know, it's not like it's not like you know they were going into the season and they had an expectation to win the title, I guess. So if yeah. if that was the case, he would probably come back and try to make his way back. But uh, there's been a lot of, you know, turnover in the league. And, you know, even if he does come back, it's going to be tough for them to get out of the West in my eyes. But I still think they're going to be formidable. And, you know, I just have no ETA on that. It's kind of like it just depends on the player now with those tears and and – you know, their recovery. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, and I, I do think Willie Colleystein's steins a pretty good fit. I mean, he's not going to win you any games, but for floor spacing and him around the rim, I think it's a
0: good fit. Yeah, and they got him I, for, I think, so. I think uh, $4 million was what they paid him. <laughs> yeah, I would pay
1: Willie Colley-Stein $4 million. Yeah. thing. Next up, we got the Los Angeles Clippers. Last year, they were 48-34, 8th in the Western Conference, and they lost to the Warriors in the first round 2-4. to four. Most people were surprised they got those two games. Notable additions, Kawhi Leonard. You may have heard of him; Paul George, Maurice Harkless, and Patrick Patterson. Draft picks, Mufandi <laughs> Kebengali, and Terrence Mann at 48. Notable departing players for the Los Angeles Clippers, Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gildress Alexander, and Garrett Temple. Their over-under projection for 2019-2020 season is 53.5 games. Projected starters for the team, Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamet, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Evok Zubak. Their bench includes Lou Williams, Jerome Robinson, Marie Karklis, Jamichael Green, and Montrez Harrell. Their still-head coach is Doc Rivers. Thoughts on the Clippers? I'm pretty sure they're the betting favorites in the West.
0: Yeah, they are uh, definitely have the most firepower coming into the season. Definitely the most hype, I think, uh, out of any of the NBA teams, um, including over the Lakers and the Bucks and Sixers and other teams like that. So there's a lot of hype from this team. Um, you know, everybody was very shocked when the Paul George news dropped this offseason. And it came all in the evening where Paul George was ended up traded. He went behind everybody's back and the Thunder organization and requested a trade out after meeting with Kawhi. So, um, and then he saw in all this shade also in the, mean, in the process at the Pacers, saying that they both should have been teammates before. So uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see that happen. But you can't go back in the past and change things. So we have to move on, but Paul George can't do that. So there's my little shot at him. Um, but yeah, this team defensively is just a juggernaut. You have two wing players who can def- defend multiple positions. You can throw Kawhi Leonard on the other team's best player. And then you have waiting in the wings, Paul George. Oh, and you also have Patrick Beverly. So I just don't know how teams are going to score on them. It's going to be tough, uh, especially come playoff time. They might, you know, I know, I think Paul George is going to miss the first month or so due to his injury, they're probably are going to be taking plenty of games off, so they're not going to give you everything they got in the regular season. But come playoff time, I just you know I, this team's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Mostly just because of the defensive side of the ball, I just it's going to be tough to score on them in my eyes. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think just the fact that they got Zubak for basically nothing—a guy I've always liked. He definitely—I'm looking at his stats now; they are less than impressive. So maybe. Maybe the numbers say one thing, but I always thought he's a decent player. And then they basically just got him for absolutely nothing. But other than that, obviously they they're, they have the front-end star power to get it done. Kawhi Leonard's unbelievably a freak. Paul George can score, yada, yada, yada. I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but, you know, their bench is just so damn deep, you know, that's going to win them games when those guys aren't even performing. So as far as 53-and-a-half, I can see that over hitting easily. I could also see it being close, but I think either way I would bet the over there. And, you know, Doc Rivers is, by all accounts, a pretty good coach, and he seemed to have this team working together well last year. And the fact that they got two against the Warriors, no one really saw. So I would bet the over
0: on that. Yeah, and that was going to be my next point, that bench. They have uh, two of the best bench players in the league and Williams and Harrell. So uh, Jermichael Green is also – he's not a scrub, and then they added Harkless. So their bench unit is very solid. Uh, and Lou Williams, you can expect him to finish games. Uh, Harrell, you can expect him to finish games. So those t- or both of those guys are both starting caliber players. They just prefer to play them in the bench unit. So uh, the you know the other two guys, Shaman, I know he had a decent year. Then Zubak, they might not look as sexy in a starting lineup. Um, but you also got to remember what they have coming off the bench. And then also PSA or... Um, Just a recommendation here. If you haven't yet, make sure you go, speaking of the Clippers, listen to the uh, Donald Sterling Tapes, uh, the 30 for 30 podcast. There's like five or six episodes. Very interesting stuff. If you remember that whole fiasco back in 2014. Um, So there's my little tidbit of information for you. If you haven't listened to it yet, you have some time. Go and check it out because there's some pretty good details there that, you know, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that was happening that was very interesting. So...
1: Are those tapes? Are those him recorded, or what? What's on the tapes?
0: Yeah, so those were uh, the tapes that came out when uh, he was making those racial comments um, towards. Say that again.
1: Those were released. Those are on that bug. I gotta check that out immediately. Yeah, I mean, those.
0: So part of the part of the tapes were were released already, uh, but this mostly digs deeper, like behind the scenes with like the team they. So the it came out during the playoffs where he had made some comments, inappropriate comments in the tapes, and then he also made comments about Magic Johnson um and this was with his mistress on the side. It wasn't with uh his his wife. So she was recording every conversation. And then so obviously everybody knows the whole story then when he uh the, the it got released during the playoffs and then he was banned right away, or maybe it took a week. I don't really remember. But then after the tapes came out, the Clippers had like a game to play in Golden State, so that they actually they interviewed some former players, and Doc Rivers is on there. So very interesting stuff. I'll keep it brief, but very interesting. So, um, yeah. Next up on the list, uh, the Sacramento Kings. Last season they finished 39-43. and 43. Which was good enough for ninth in the Western Conference. Notable additions uh, uh, in the offseason for the Kings. They added Trevor Ariza, Dwayne Dedman, uh, Corey Joseph, former Pacer there, uh, gave him a lucrative deal. And then Rashawn Holmes. uh, Draft picks, they selected Justin James with the 40th pick. Kyle Guy with the 55th overall pick. Notable departing players, we just talked about them on the Warriors, Willie Cully-Stein, and they lost Alec Burks, uh, also to the Warriors. So both those guys moved to the Warriors. Their over-under for this season is projected at 37.5. Projected starters for the Kings, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, uh, Marvin Bagley, and Dwayne Dedman. Their bench is projected to be filled with Corey Joseph, Bogdan Bogdanovich, that's Bogdan, Trevor Ariza, uh, Neman. I don't I never know how to say his name, but it's Belica, Belica, whatever you want to call him. You know who I'm talking about. And Rashawn Holmes. They're head coached by first your first year Kings head coach, Luke Walton, who was the Lakers head coach for the last few seasons. So Hawk, you had a chance the other day to actually watch the Kings in the preseason game in India versus the Pacers. So what were your thoughts on the Kings in that game and also for the upcoming season?
1: This is a team that's literally, I think, a star away from being a playoff contender. Marvin Bagley looked really good. Um, It's not saying much because, you know, sometimes our big, or at least Miles Turner can look bad against a good big guy. But I thought Bagley looked fine. Darren Fox, if you've seen any Kings basketball, you know he kind of runs the show, and he's been good ever since he got in the league, so he's good. Buddy Heald, great shooter. Other than that, I think he's a good defender. I'm not necessarily sure, but he's kind of just a a really good shooter. And Harrison Bars is a guy I've always thought is overrated, and he kind of got a lot of money. And the fact that they paid Corey Joseph $12.4 million a year, I I don't like that, but – Bogdan off their bench is a good bench piece. Ariza, obviously, they got a, you know, a solid veteran, and Luke Walton, it's still kind to be determined if he's a good coach or not, really. I mean, he had the LeBron effect under him, and they underachieved, so we don't really know. Everyone seems to like him. They got the Indiana guy, Kyle Guy, on the team, so they're going to be interesting to watch. Last year, I had a bet with Jake that they were going to make the playoffs, and I ended up having to buy Pacers tickets for a playoff game that you guys could not make it to. So I have to buy tickets to some Pacers game this season, which I will do still. So you still have that to look forward to. But the Kings are just an interesting team. They just seem to be stuck in a constant pit of misery and mediocrity. And I see that to continue, honestly. I think they'll, they got young guys to be excited about, but I don't think they're going to get over the hump this year. And, once these guys' contracts start coming up due, oh, they're going to have to move things around and readjust their team. I, I don't know if they'll ever get, you know, I, I think they'll get a superstar. I mean, they might already have a couple superstars, but I don't know if they'll ever win a title. I think it's kind of the king's curse. What do you think? Yeah, so
0: I'm going to still pull a fast one here like I did with the Warriors. Over under at 37.5. I'm going to say under at 37 wins. So I'm going to go right under that. Uh, Vegas usually seems to be pretty smart. So, we'll go right under it. But, yeah, this team, like you said, constant mediocrity. Um, they're average teams. They just – they're not too terrible. At least in the past couple of years, they haven't been too terrible. Um I think they have some decent pieces. They have some decent young guys on this team. I think they overpaid for Deadman. They overpaid for Corey Joseph. Uh, and then Buddy Healed. they're going to have to pay here uh, as he's entering a con- contract here. He'll be restricted next season. So he's eligible for an extension, so they're going to have to pay him and then also Harrison Barnes. And then eventually they'll have to pay De'Aaron Fox. So I think that this team is set up to be mediocre and average for the next five to ten seasons, just as they have been. Uh, they have some good young pieces, but I just I think they've overpaid for several guys, and it might come come biting biting them in the ass here in a couple of years. And then Luke Walton, as you said, he hasn't really proven anything as a head coach. Uh, he did have the distraction that was the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, LeVar Ball, everything that came with it. So uh, fresh starts probably good for Luke, and you know maybe we can actually see how good of a coach he is this year when. He doesn't have guys that are walking all over him like LeBron James and company.
1: Yeah, I will say from that that first India game that Belicia—how do you say his name, Belicia? Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: it's like Belicia or something, something similar to that.
1: Belizia. He had a great first game. I could not watch the second game because I was traveling, but he looked really good shooting the three as a seven-footer. Next up the los angeles lakers 2018-2019 they were 37 and 45 10th in the western conference definitely underachieved in a lot of people's eyes notable additions to the lakers are anthony davis quinn cook demarcus cousins who has been injured since avery bradley danny green troy daniels jared dudley dwight howard their draft picks they took taylon horton tucker at 46 notable departing players. Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and Brandon Ingram all went to the Pelicans. Reggie Bullock, Tyson Chandler, Mike Muscala, Lance Stevenson, who's killing it overseas, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, and Mo Wagner. 2019-2020 um, projected over-under is 48.5 games. Projected starters for the Lakers, Rajon Rondo, Danny Green, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and now Dwight Howard. Their bench consists of Quinn Cook, Avery Bradley, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kyle Kuzma, JaVale McGee, and they are head coached by former Pacers coach Frank Vogel in his first season there. What are your thoughts on this team as a whole? Do you think they compete for the title?
0: First off, I want to say there's a lot of Pacers, uh, former Pacer ties in this division that I've noticed here to start off with but uh, do they compete with a title Um, I think they're a top four team in the West Um, I don't think they're the best team in Los Angeles I think the Clippers have a better roster from top to bottom Um, they obviously have you know two superstars paired together now in LeBron and Anthony Davis and we don't have to talk too much about those two because they're going to be on ESPN every single day this year you're going to hear enough about them as it is um, but I think, you know, compared to what they had last season, um, bringing LeBron in in his first year, uh, they signed some, they made some really very weird signings last year. Uh, you know, for one, bringing in Lance and then, uh, uh Michael Beasley and, um, McGee was also one of them. So they made some very strange signings because the, the thing has always been, uh, the, putting uh, shooters around LeBron, and that's not something that they really did. They just kind of mixed some random things together, and it just didn't work. So uh, they brought in Danny Green, which uh, he's a two-time NBA champion, very great good shooter, also can defend. Um, Avery Bra- Bradley is a good defender. They brought in Quinn Cook, who's a ser- ser- serviceable backup. Uh, they still have Caldwell Pope, and then also Troy Daniels, who can shoot and then Jared Dudley, who's a veteran player. So they've brought in plenty of shooting, I think, to surround these guys. Um, I think a big key is going to be from the center position. If Dwight Howard – I'm not saying he's going to come out and be old Dwight Howard, but if he can come back out and, you know – if he can average a double double and uh defend the paint, you know, get some blocks, um I think that it's going to be a very good signing for them and then Kuzma also off the bench as well. I think he's a little overrated. Um think he's kind of like a big man's version of Jordan Clarkson in my eyes, but uh I I think they're going to be better than last year and I I would probably hit the over on this team.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. I think Looking at LeBron's stats, he played 55 games last year. He, he missed a lot of games due to injury, and I think this team would have been a playoff team if he wouldn't have got injured before he got injured. I think they were, like, top four, top five in the West, competing every night. You know, they didn't look great at times, but, you know, they were still hovering around there. So that definitely hurt him. and that team last year without LeBron James was basically just dog shit. So I think they're definitely better around him, and to me, honestly, I think they're a little deeper, even though they lost a lot of their young talent. I, just, I think up Colobo's fine. Kuzma off your bench. McGee, you know what he is. They definitely don't have a lot of scoring off the bench, but I, th- I think they'll end up making a move inevitably. But a lot of people that don't talk or talk about this team forget a lot about Danny Green, and I think what he brings especially on the starting lineup is invaluable. Just a 3-and-D guy, perfect for LeBron, so... Yeah, like you said, this will be an interesting team, but the LeBron fatigues already set in tenfold. Anthony Davis, I've never really given a shit about. So, you know, if they're good, we'll hear about it. If they're bad, we'll hear about it. We'll know. We'll know everything about the Lakers more than like more than likely. Yeah,
0: you're gonna hear plenty about them. So there's not much more that needs to be said by us. Uh, and then here to wrap things up in the division, last team here, the Phoenix Suns, who have been the dog shit of the division here for several seasons. They finished 19-63 and 63 last year, which was good for last place in the Western Conference. This offseason, their notable additions, Ricky Rubio, thank you, Jesus, Dario Saric, Frank Kaminsky, Cech Diallo, and Aaron Baines. Uh, they drafted Kierman Johnson with the 11th overall pick, And also selected Ty Jerome with the 24th overall pick. Some notable departing players for uh, the Suns, Dragon Bender, Troy Daniels who we just mentioned, uh, Rashawn Holmes, Josh Jackson, and also current Indiana Pacers starting small forward TJ Warren who they traded him and a draft pick for cash which was kind of surprising. Uh, their 1920 over under for this year is 29.5 so they expect them to win about 10 more games this year around that ballpark range projected starters this year for the suns ricky rubio devin booker kelly ubre jr dario Saric, and uh deandre ayton who is kind of a forgotten p- number one overall pick even though he was just a rookie last season i've Before I even started reading about this, I forgot about him. Uh, Their bench is filled out by projected bench players of Ty Jerome, Tyler Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Frank Kaminsky, and Aaron Baines. They are head coached by first-year head coach in Phoenix, Monty Williams. Uh, Good luck, Monty, with this team. What do you think about the Phoenix Suns Hawk?
1: um not much i mean i think they're gonna be bad yet again uh thank god ricky rubio did not end up on the the pacers i don't give a shit why you think ricky rubio is not great nba point guard not somebody i would have wanted on the pacers by any means it would not have been an upgrade you know their best addition to me is aaron baines just because what he brings defensively in his hustle effort but they got some decent draft picks it's going to be another year of people saying how good Devin Booker is but they can't win and he's definitely a decent NBA decent he's definitely a good NBA player but just you know people are going to forget about him on this team and he I think he demands a trade inevitably or you know something I, I don't know DeAndre Ayton just another guy still pretty young he was on the rookie team last year I think he averaged a double double so you know they got decent young talent but Kind of like the Kings, but worse in a way that you know it doesn't really jump out at you. They got they at least have a star, but they've never been able to do anything with it. And adding Rookie Rubio, in my opinion's not a chief. I think that's all the Suns talk we can really do. If if I would definitely hammer that under, they only won 19 games last year. I don't think they're 11 games better than they were last year.
0: Yeah, I'm hammering that under as well. Um, yeah. And spoiler alert. I have them as the worst team in my division standings. Yeah, so m- moving to that, and I think our standings predictions are going to be probably the same here, would be my bet. Um, but I'll go ahead and start it off uh, as usual. First place I have in this division is the Los Angeles Clippers. Jesus, not the yeah, little little bit of, uh, you know, had to keep you guys on a string there, make sure that, you know, just threw a surprise out there for you. Next up, second in the division, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. So two Los Angeles teams at the top of the division, Clippers followed by Lakers. In third place, I have the Golden State Warriors. I was very tempted to put them above the Lakers, but I think with – uh, Thompson being out, it's going to be tough. And then who knows about the whole Russell and uh, Steph Curry fit. But they'll figure it out, and I have them at third. And I also have them in the playoffs. Uh, fourth seed in the division, Sacramento Kings. And as I had just alluded to, my worst team in the division by probably about ten games is the Phoenix Suns. So how about you?
1: Yeah, I'll take the Clippers at one just because obviously I think they have it's- Two of the three best players, three of the, I I'm not even going to say that. I, th- I think they're a really good team, the Clippers, and they're deep, obviously, like we said. Three, two for me, I'm going to go Warriors to mix it up. I just think Steph Curry, MVP here. Three, Los Angeles Lakers. They got LeBron James, sweet. Uh, number four for me, the Kings, just on the outside of the playoffs. And five, maybe the worst team, but I'll put I'll put third for worst team. And then NBA, the Phoenix Suns. All right.
0: Well, that's going to wrap that's going to wrap up there our Pacific Division preview. Like I said, we only have one more of these left. That's going to be the Southeast Division. Probably the most boring division in the NBA, but we have to go over every single division with you guys. So, that'll be next week. Like I had mentioned earlier, the NBA preview episode, anything you've ever wanted from from an NBA preview episode that didn't just talk about LeBron James the entire time. That's the Born Ready to Pod podcast, so make sure you guys check it out. Um, so uh, we actually have some more talk after this, some football talk, and so I'm going. We're going to pause here real quick, and when we get back, we'll uh, just get into some random discussion. So uh, we'll be back right after this. All right, and we are back here, and uh, actually, we're going to have some Pacers talk here to start uh, start things off. Uh, They've played two preseason games here thus far, both in India against the Sacramento Kings. The first game, uh, I wasn't able to watch either of these because I was out of town in a class all day, so I I had no access to a TV, uh, nor should I have. I was very busy over the weekend, so fortunately I couldn't have have watched the game, but... Uh, Both of those games, like I said, in India versus the Kings. They have uh, their third preseason game this Friday against the Chicago Bulls. Thad Young's making his return to Bankers Life Fieldhouse uh, in the preseason. So, Hawk, I'm going to defer to you because I was just a box score watcher. Uh, Like I had told you before we started recording, I did record uh, both of the games, but then right when I got back in town, I just deleted them because I was like, who actually wants to go back and watch a preseason game because that's that can't be fun. But from what I from what I could tell, Twitter reactions and box score wise, that first game actually looked pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, the first game was a great game. We spotted forty points in the first, which you never want to see, especially against the Kings. And from then on, we just played really well. I mean, the thing with Brogdon is he's he's so much taller than your average NBA point guard that, or maybe not taller, but he's he's on par and he has just a bigger body than what we've seen recently in Indiana that he's not scared to take guys to lane and use his body in the paint, you know, Turner and miles, you know, miles Turner and, and DeMontis played really well together going forward. And Jeremy and lamb was just really smooth. And my God, TJ Warren hit one of the more clutch threes you'll ever see in an India basketball game. So, and then from then on in overtime, he, he, you got, we got a guy that can take over games like that and, you know, get some stress away from some of our other guys and, I just think we're more complete. We have more, you know, scoring options across the board than usually. After watching that game, I did not get to see the second game, but you know, Sabonis kind of got a, you know, an elbow to the head and was bleeding, and he put on a headband and he just went out there and was just as dominant. Nothing seems to phase him. So it was just an awesome game. I thought everyone really looked pretty well offensively. There were obviously still some things to work on. It's preseason. A lot of traveling calls were called. It's, I don't know what. The idea is there if they were trying to piss off the people, the good people of India. But a lot of traveling violations were called. Maybe it's a, a preseason thing. And Miles Turner with a big, big block in that game. I think it was against Kali Stein. So you know, a lot of good things. A lot of things we already knew. A lot of question marks that you know look like they're gonna pan out. Hopefully, it's it's obviously still early. I mean, we can't ever react to this, but it was fun. It was a fun game.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking at the uh, stats here. The uh, the second game looks all, like all the starters played 19 minutes apiece. Um, and uh, the thing that jumps out to me is the bench play. Jakar Sampson, 15 points in 20 minutes. He was 6 from 10 from the field. Uh, shot 100% from 3, 2 for 2. And then also Justin Holliday, in 20 minutes he scored 14 points. And he was also perfect from the 3-point line. He had all of his 3s, uh, 5 rebounds. So... Um, Aaron Holiday as well, scored 16. So, Oh, and Alizé Johnson, 17. I could just keep going on and on. So, Bench looked pretty good there in the second game. Like I said, I wasn't able to watch. Um, but uh, of the first game is two, you spoke about TJ Warren. What were your thoughts on Jeremy Lamb, who was the Pacers' other big signing?
1: Yeah, I think he looked really smooth. I was surprised. I think he might have got off to a slow start. I tweeted something like he looks high. Maybe he's the next Tyreek Evans, but, you know, from all accounts, he's really smooth and he had a lot of drives to the basket and he's a good shooter. So, I mean, he's always been a guy that isn't a dominant player, maybe kind of underachieved a little bit, but he's found his lane in the NBA and he's always been a scorer. So I like Lamb, I like what I saw. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, like I said, Pacers uh, play this Friday at Banker's Life Fieldhouse if you're interested in going to the game. Play their tip-off is at 7 o'clock against the Bulls, so Thad Young will be back at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Uh, I was watching a little bit of the Bulls uh, preseason game against the Pelicans before we started recording, and Thad was coming off the bench, so it looks like he's going to be a 6th or 7th man. And then I also was seeing uh, Thad's wife on Twitter. She, She was getting into arguments already with some Bulls fans. Uh, some guy had tweeted and said that he wasn't impressed by Thad's play thus far. He tweeted this before the game, and uh, the Bulls had only played one preseason game so far. So that can tell you uh, how dumb of a fan he is, as well as uh, I, had men- I had said something back, and he said that he watched scrimmages as well. So I don't know what scrimmages he has access to, but fans on... Fans on Twitter are just completely dumb. Uh, He watched probably a highlight from a scrimmage, and Thad might have missed a shot or something. So uh, people on Twitter
1: is not going to appeal to, like, just a casual NBA fan or casual basketball fan, I should say. And there's a lot of guys like that that you might think suck, and then you watch them up close or watch them in a game, and you're like, holy God, shit, this guy you know, can take charge of this game by not scoring. You know, a guy like Al Horford does that all the time. So, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah.
0: And when they, you know, they play Giannis four times a year, uh, they'll start understanding then if they don't. But uh, uh, Pacers' final preseason game is next Tuesday. They play against the Timberwolves, and then they'll have a week and a day off. Tip-off is Wednesday, October 23rd. And there's already uh, some odds out there for that game. The Pacers are favored minus three and a half already. So if you're a betting person, um, you know, betting in Indiana is legal now. Uh, They have the apps, the sports books, my bookie. You can go on my bookie. That's our our use promo code chair. And you can put uh, put some money here on the Pacers minus three and a half. I kind of like that. I kind of like that to start off the year.
1: Yeah, you can always put a little money on them to win the title for great odds. I would not put a lot of money on it, obviously, but you're going to get amazing odds. And I always like to at least throw five to ten bucks on it. You never know. Yeah, and then
0: speaking of uh, long odds, Indianapolis Colts, Kansas City Chiefs uh, week, what was it, five of the NFL season, Sunday night game, Chris Collinsworth, Al Michaels, and their lover boy Patrick Mahomes. You were at the game at Arrowhead Stadium, so you didn't have to listen to those two the entire game. Um, But what was the experience like at the game? Uh, You said you had some annoying fans around you. What was that experience like traveling all the way to Kansas City and watching the Colts win a game that no one expected them to win?
1: It was an all-time game. We got to the stadium about four hours, three hours early hoping to find a Colts tailgate, you know, hoping to make friends. We didn't really find any Colts tailgaters. You know, there was a lot of people telling me that they were surprised by how many Colts fans were there. I even saw some tweets. I did not think there were that many Colts fans there. There were definitely some. I would not say we were sh- shut out, but there was not as many as, as people were trying to tell me, so I was a little shocked by that. But we did get there. We met a guy with an octobon and an all-red suit who, who absolutely loved us, so we hit the octobon a couple times. If you don't know what that is, it's it's basically like some kind of fish feeder with a bunch of tubes running out of it that you chug beer out of. So Kansas City goes hard. The stadium's absolutely beautiful. It's massive outdoor stadium. Their tailgating facility and area is basically like five to, five to ten football fields, just massive. So all around the stadium, you know, we get in there, <clears throat> get to our seats. You know, it was expensive game. Kansas City's obviously a good team, Sunday night expensive game getting up to the nosebleed seats really not a bad seat there I mean you might have seen the picture we tweeted out that's where I was sitting I could see everything very clearly so I was not upset by the seats and I had a guy behind me before the game start you know told me that the Chiefs were going to win by 100 so I kind of thought that was funny I don't think that's ever happened in the NFL not in this era so that would have been surely something to see that did not happen you know, and I sure to let him know it by halftime. I was like, "You getting nervous about that hundred-point prediction?" He didn't say a word. Um, you know, but just the whole game, we got after the quarterback. We played some Big Ten footballs, what we did, and you know, I think the whole Mahomes injury is a little overblown. I mean, I definitely saw the play where he got injured and limped a little bit, but if you go back to that fourth quarter, that I think it was that fourth and twenty-three. We had him dead to rights in the end zone and he just makes another magnificent play to the goal line right before the fourth and one stop by Houston. But you know, the fact that they went for it, I was a little shocked because that was basically the game Houston stopped there. And what a magnificent moment for Houston. You could tell the whole stadium was pissed that they, had, we had Houston. They were not happy about it. The guy behind me was telling me how much everyone loved Houston and that they were shocked when they didn't resign him, So, you know, it was his biggest game by far. I wouldn't say he's played that well in a Colts jersey, but by God, that was his best game. He won AFC Defensive Player of the Year. We made just enough plays, you know, to get it done. You know, after the first quarter, I thought it was going to be, you know, a high-scoring game. I think it was 10-10 after one, and then, you know, they didn't score another field goal to the fourth, which is insane for the Chiefs. Like, it's all going into the game. They outscored opponents 70-9 to in the second quarter. We held them to zero, so, you know, that's something, and beating a team like that, you know, the Colts, you now know the Colts can beat anybody. They beat a team like that on the road on a, a Sunday night, even with their injuries. I mean, we had injuries, too, so let's let's just call it spade to spade, and we can beat anybody. I don't think we're a fraudulent team, and I would expect us to make the playoffs. The Chiefs are obviously really solid, good team. I really hope we don't play them again, especially at Arrowhead, because that's going to be something they're not going to forget, but... My God. One of the best Colts games I've seen just from a defensive standpoint, definitely. And, you know, got to give a shout out to the offensive line. It's basically football porn. So just everything about that game, everything about, you know, everything. I can trying to think of other moments to happen that were big in the game. What do you think about the game? Yeah, I was,
0: uh, as I had said earlier, I was out of town this weekend, but uh, I wasn't busy during the game, could watch the game. And I. At points in time, I forgot that I was at a hotel, so I would just s- stand up and scream like "fuck yeah" or "hell yeah," shit like that, um, with an adjacent room like a door that just is locked. Like, or d- you just knew that they I woke up somebody in the next next room if uh, if there was if anybody was in there. So yeah, I was completely loud. Um, I thought the best part was before the game started. Um, I was a little, I was a little nervous, you know, I mean, like most of us, uh, there was a lot of things saying that, you know, uh, culture just rest their guys this week, get, then use the bye because they're just going to get blown out. So you have those thoughts in your head that, well, they're playing against the chiefs Sunday night football. We're going to get our asses handed to us. Uh, and then you get the promo at the beginning. And I think it really kind of set in then was when, uh, the NBC guys were making their picks and they all picked the chiefs. And Tony yeah. Tony Dungy, yeah, Dungy's the last guy up, and you know Dungy obviously shows his bias a lot, uh, for good measure because he won a Super Bowl here, and he's well respected in the Indy area, so he always goes for the Indy pick. But this week, for some reason, he decided to go against that, and he picks the picks the Chiefs. And I think it was at that exact moment I thought to myself, "We're gonna win tonight." Um, our backs were against the wall.
1: I said it last week. Would you believe if
0: we won? Yeah, you did, and I have to give you—I have to give you major credit. I—I I had doubted that. We're in that Survivor Series league, and I had even considered picking the Chiefs as my pick. So, um, I mean, I—I I is a good big fan of the Colts. I am. I mean, I was—I was dead wrong there. So, I mean, I give all the credit to you. You had faith in them from even after that disappointing loss after the Raiders. But I think you also had to have something to hold on to after that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was I was very proud of him. I mean, and that's just one of those games where you're just proud. I mean, you're just proud to be a fan. Um, everybody played well. Brissette's doing a very, very good job. Um, he had one bad play I can think of, and that was that interception that he threw uh, when we were marching down the field. So, I mean, that's really all I can think of. Uh, like you said, though, that offensive line is – uh, you know, the heart and soul of this team. Um, not saying that – not taking anything away from Marlon Mack. Uh, he's doing a great job running the ball. But, I mean, Quentin Nelson is definitely proving that he is, um, you know, should have probably been picked higher in that draft, to be honest, even at number six. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love Quentin Nelson. He's, he's such a pleasure to watch. But just getting those fourth downs on – you know, that last drive before the Chiefs got the ball and scored. That was that was just the turning point of the game. And then that penalty in in the red zone obviously hurt us, knocked us out, but I mean Harry just, you know, coming through in the clutch. Like he has time and time again. He's never wavered. We've always believed in Ben Terry on this podcast, you know. Perfect day from the field all like usual. Not, would not expect anything different. So just gotta keep riding that hot leg and you know, I think the bye week's coming at a really good time for us, even though it's early in the year. We might regret it later on, but we got to get guys healthy. And, you know, Leonard coming back is, is obviously big. And I think our schedule gets a little easier. We do play the Texans twice still. And, you know, I, th- I still think the Jags will beat us once just because they look competent now. And they always seem to beat us once. So I still think we're a playoff team. And, you know, after the game, <sighs> obviously we were pretty intoxicated. I think I peed no less than 30 times during the course of the game. Probably every every pun I'd go pee real quick, and that's not even an exaggeration. I just had to pee that bad. The game ending, we're obviously going crazy. We're one of the other very few people going crazy. It's good being at an away game because you just see your Colts fans, and it doesn't matter who they are or what they look like. You're just like, all right, that's my guy. <laughs> if a big play happens, I'm going to look over and see what they're doing because, you know, we're, we're, we're one of few or – were few of many in the crowd, so that's always exciting. And people were going crazy. There were more fights in the stands among the Chiefs fans. That's when I knew the Chiefs were in trouble. When they when they start fighting with each other, there was three or four fights around us of Chiefs fans going after each other. And then after the game, we were going crazy. You know, a buddy I was with was was a little more intoxicated than the rest of us. He he was getting into it with some fans. A guy wanted to meet us in the parking lot. I straight up told him, look, man, I'm I'm not a loser. I don't fight people in the parking lot uh, in Kansas City. You know, that can be your lane all day. He did not like that. Uh, Eventually, his woman, you know, corralled him like the good little peasant he is. But, you know, the Colts came into town and they whipped ass. So that's all you can really ask for. And I'm excited. I'm very excited, to say the least. Yeah. And I will say
0: also, last thoughts on that game, that interception, which should have been called an interception, I believe by Okuriki, uh, that mm-hmm. they uh, overturned, that was complete bullshit. Um, yeah, that's- the pass interference call in this league, the challenge, is complete waste of time. You're going to lose it every time. So coaches aren't going to even challenge it. And I'm just guessing that's a thing by the league is they're just like, we're going to add this in there, but we're not going to overturn it very often because we're just pretty much going to keep things as it is. And then you just waste a timeout challenge there. I mean, there was if the if the rule is if there's no indisputable evidence to overturn a call and any type of challenge. I mean, that was one of the key examples there. If they would have called that an incomplete pass on the field, then I would have said okay, whatever. If they would have said okay, play stands, but there was not enough evidence on the film to show that that uh, that his hand was not not under the ball so i mean it's just it's a complete joke um that was an interception and uh that was i thought at that point i was like this is just bullshit but i don't know you yeah i
1: totally agree and shout out to Okariki. i thought he had a good game and he's gonna have to play a lot more now that two rays out and him and Bandigo actually is what i meant to say not Okariki. but he's done a good job filling in while leonard's been out and I think George Odom had surprised a lot of people playing the way he did at that safety spot with, you know, Gethers and Hooker both being out. him and Carvey Willis have have played pretty well. I mean, obviously the Raiders game wasn't great, but, you know, I wouldn't say Odom had much to do with that. So in this game in particular, everyone on the defense balled out from what I can remember and what I saw. So we just got to get healthy. It sucks losing to Ray, but I would expect them to make a move unless they just really think uh is that guy to replace two but we'll see. I, I think Ballard is proven that you just got to give him, let him kind of do his thing. He's going to promote through the practice squad more than other guys. You know, you know, the concerns going forward are still the wide receiver too. still Ebron, you know, hopefully he, he can get it together and not drop balls, but I think he got to be happy and, I think Hines and the backup running backs had good days, too. I, I really can't say anything bad about anyone on our team. Yeah.
0: Wilkins is, has ran the ball well. Hines is doing good, good in the passing game. So uh, d- they definitely have a weapon for any type of uh, play that they're calling out there. But last point I want to make before we sign off here, I would be remiss if I didn't throw a shot at our third co-host, who has been anything less but a part-timer here recently. Um Uh-oh. I just, the Cleveland Browns, oh my gosh. <laughs> it is a absolute pleasure to watch this team blow. And I'll tell you why. I wouldn't take any pleasure in this at all. I don't care who he roots for. He could root for, uh, you know, Satan's hell team or whoever it is. He could root for the absolute worst team in the nation. I wouldn't care. But he always throws jabs at the Colts whenever the Colts are down. He called the night Andrew Luck retired and was laughing at my face, um, even though the Browns have never won anything, and he's only been a Browns fan for just a few seasons. But he thinks he can just still call and make fun of the Colts. And when I see stuff like this happen, the Browns and their quote-unquote star quarterback – struggling the way they are i can't just help but laugh and enjoy the hell out of this while i can uh baker mayfield is he's overrated and i said this a few podcast podcasts ago i was only slightly joking when i said it but i'm gonna say it with full confidence today he's overrated uh he all he does is talk shit um and he never can back it up on the field. He thinks that you know just because he set a record in rookie passing touchdowns, um, and he's beaten one playoff team in his career that you know his shit doesn't stink. Uh, I mean, congratulations, Baker. You beat uh you beat the Jets this year, uh, the depleted Jets, and then Nick Chubb beat the uh, beat the Ravens for you. So congratulations. Um, and it's just great recording those videos. I had shown you one of the videos that we sent to him, but. We have a group chat with Jake, and he's just—he's he, just getting it laid on him. I'll just put it that way. Uh, it hasn't been a good couple days for him, and it, and I hope it keeps going. I uh, the Browns play the Seahawks this weekend, and uh, I'm hoping for another complete bust because I've—I've I've enjoyed the hell out of this. Do
1: they play the Seahawks? I thought, played, I thought they played the Patriots. No, they play
0: the Seahawks at home this week. So. Uh, okay. You know, Seahawks, then the
1: Patriots. So that's that's tough. You know, and you know if if the Browns had any dignity or any self-respect or if they were a competent organization, what they would do is they would lose the game like what they just lost, and they'd come back and beat a good team, similar to what the Colts did. But I think we all know it's the Cleveland Browns. They've never been considered competent in any form or any manner. They've always been kind of bottom-tier whiskey as far as you know shelf flicker. They're they're just kind of shit in every way. <laughs> I would even consider them really an NFL franchise at the end of the day. I kind of think they're more on that college tier. So, I would expect them to win lose the next 3 games by, you know, a very substantial margin. So, <laughs> nothing surprising, but it's fun to get our jabs in, especially when the Colts are clearly starting, you know, the beginnings of what could be a greater dynasty than the Patriots. Yeah.
0: And I mean, if he really wanted to defend himself, all he has to do is come on the podcast again, but until then, we're just going keep... to keep We're still going to keep talking shit, and the thing is, too, with the Browns, they are in a terrible division this season with the Bengals and the Steelers, and they've already beaten the Ravens once, so... I mean, they should make the playoffs this year based on the talent they have, their offensive weapons, their quote-unquote star quarterback. They should have no issues making the playoffs in such a crappy division. They should win their division. They have the most talent uh, that, I mean, at least it's been preached to me this offseason, they have the most talent. They have, you know, their wide receiver position. It's one of the, you know, they have... I mean two studs at the wide receiver position just unfortunately they don't have a a quarterback who can throw the ball uh, an accurate ball to him so but I mean he has all these endorsement deals and he can say a quick witty joke or come back in these press conferences and people fall in love with him but the guy can't throw a 10-yard pass to wide open OBJ but yeah he's hailed as the next savior so I'll just keep my thoughts at that but uh, that's all I got on the Browns that's pretty much that all that needs to be talked about them but Every, do you, uh, do you watch Peaky Blinders? I do not watch Peaky Blinders, but I have several friends who do, and they think it's a great show.
1: I would start it if I was you. I've currently watched this, the first two episodes of this season. I'm about to watch the third tonight. Awesome show. If you like gangsters from, from Great Britain, you'll love it. All right.
0: Well, then also another recommendation. We've already talked about this. The uh, Breaking Bad movie comes out on Friday, so October 11th. We're really? just a couple... Just just a couple days away, Um, so that'll that'll definitely be on everybody's playlist this week, and at least for Breaking Bad fans. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Like I had mentioned earlier in the show, next week we got the uh, Southeast Division of the Eastern Conference and also our NBA preview coming up next week. We are just two weeks, less than two weeks out from the NBA season, so couldn't be more excited with that along with the NFL, college football and then the MLB playoffs which have gotten very interesting. Uh, I don't know for you Atlanta Braves fans that listen to the show. I know Dewan's a big Atlanta Braves fan. Uh shout out nice. De- shout out Dewan. Uh but Atlanta Braves did what the Atlanta Braves do. Uh they are very known for losing in the first round of the playoffs after having a great season. That's so. the first yeah and not even the they did the game didn't even go five games it went four games and in one inning uh they gave up t- ten runs tonight in the first inning of the game, which is just yikes just complete yikes I, I mean and i I was saying this earlier, so the game starts at five o'clock. could you imagine if you were uh working downtown in Atlanta? And you, you know you bought kids, or you bought tickets to go to the game with your buddies. you took a half day at work, you guys went to the bars at two or three, you just started slamming beers. you know having a good time, you show up to the game at five o'clock. you paid probably80 dollars a ticket uh, for some decent seats there. You sit down, you're getting all riled up, um, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the Cardinals come out and scored 10 runs in the first inning. can you just imagine how deflating that would be?
1: I mean, uh, let's say you're at the game at 5.20 or a little late. You're, the game's on the radio. It's 10 Are you walking in? No,
0: I am not walking in. I am I am trying to find an innocent bystander on the street, a homeless guy or something. I'm like, dude, do you want to go to this game for two bucks? Uh, I am going to get something out of it, although I am going to lose money on the ticket. I'm not walking in, and I might just give it to the homeless guy. I don't know. Uh, but, Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, that's kind of a dick move to make the homeless guy pay. But, I mean, I'm not going to the game. That's, that's what I refuse. I don't care how big of an Atlanta Braves fan I am. If you go down 10 to nothing in the first inning, I know people say, we got to believe in your team anything can happen. Well, that shit ain't happening, okay? That's 10 runs. That's a lot of freaking runs. So, uh, I mean, the over-under for that game tonight was probably six or seven runs. The freaking Cardinals hit it in one inning by themselves. Jesus. So, all right. Like I said, that's going to wrap up this podcast episode. Appreciate you guys listening. Have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye. See you.